Chapter 37 From Cemetery Girl to the Dark Day Tuesday, October 8th, 11.19pm If I upset you, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Please don't stop talking to me. The morning air bites through my clothes when I cross Rav's yard into my own. The sun peaks between houses on the street, but frost glitters on the grass, the first hint of winter to come. It's before six, so I ease my key into the lock and put my shoulder against the door jamb to keep it from creaking too loudly. I might as well have not bothered. Alan stands in the kitchen, stirring a cup of coffee. His eyebrows go way up. His eyes flick to the clock above the sink and back to my face. Where have you been? I crashed at Rev's. You've been gone all night? Yeah. This conversation sounds like it's going south going south in a hurry, so I turn away, heading the stairs. Alan dogs me out of the kitchen. You didn't tell anyone you were leaving. I keep right on walking. He keeps right on following. Declan, he grits out my name. You stop right there. I want to talk to you. I grab the banister and swing myself onto the staircase, only to stop short when confronted with my mother coming down the stairs. Now I'm trapped between them. Declan, she says. For some reason, when I found out she was pregnant, I imagined she'd balloon overnight and start wearing massive tent-like shirts with lace ties and long skirts. But this morning, she's in jeans and a pink t-shirt. T-shirt. Her hair is in a ponytail and her skin is freshly washed. My hand grips to the staircase, rolling so hard that it's vibrating under the strain. I don't know what to say to her. I swallow. My thoughts ricochet between the need to apologise for so, so much, and the need to hear one from her. My eyes flick over her form again. She's never been tiny, but she's not what you'd call fat, either. Mum-shaped, I guess. The shirt is loose, but not ridiculously so. If I hadn't been arguing with Alan in the ER two nights ago, I wouldn't believe she's pregnant. But as I stand here staring, I notice she's a little more pale than usual. Instead of straining at the seams of her clothes, the jeans look a little looser than I'm used to. Are you okay? I ask her. She nods. Her mouth opens as she's going to say more. But she must change her mind because nothing comes out. What? I demand, and she shrinks back a little. Shane coils in my chest. I think of Juliet in the front seat of my car, pressing her back against the door. You're pretty confrontational. He was out all night, Alan says from behind me. If you're not going to do something about this, Abby, then I will. Yeah, I well him. What are you going to do? I can take your car until you learn a little responsibility. You have to knock me unconscious to get the keys. I struggle to keep my voice low, and even so, that... That doesn't become a real possibility. You're not taking my car. His arms are folded across his chest. And maybe we can disconnect your phone so you won't be going anywhere either. I hit the wall. The light fixture on the ceiling rattles. I haven't done anything wrong. His eyebrows go up. You don't think sneaking out all night is wrong? He says I, could, I was shooting heroin and gambling on South Baltimore. I was at Rev's. Ask Jeff and Kristen. You can't just walk out of here without telling anyone. I snort and move to shift past my mother. Like you give a crap about me anyway. She puts a hand on my arm. Declan, stop. He's not taking your car. 
Why do you always do that? Alan says sharply. You keep allowing this to happen, Abby. 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 He needs to learn. I ignore him. Her touch steals my strength. I stop on the staircase and look at her. My voice comes out rough and full of gravel. Why didn't you tell me? Her eyes widen fractionally, but she doesn't answer. Why do you think, Alan says, his voice tired. After what you did at the wedding, you think we wanted to tell you that about a baby? I jerk back, yanking my arm away from her. Anger constricts my chest, making it hard to breathe. Some small part of me had hoped that maybe this was as much a surprise to them as it was to me. But Alan's comment proved that the secrecy was very deliberate. He moves closer to me and I realise he's tracking my movement, like I'm a heartbeat away from shoving, shoving her down the stairs. He thinks I'm a risk to my mother, to the baby, to their new attempt on a family. Who am I kidding? I am. That night you were throwing up, I say to her. You knew then. She doesn't say anything, but that answer's enough. Replacing Carrie, I say. She flinches like I punched her in the gut. Her eyes glisten with sudden tears. I hate myself right now. Maybe you should keep going, I say, continuing to move past her, finding no resistance. Maybe you'll get a boy next and you can place me too. A sob breaks free from her chest. Alan swears. We should be so lucky. His words are delivered with a viciousness that slices right into me. I move back down the steps as if walking underwater. I want to him so badly that my hands ache for the contact, but I keep, keep my temper. Mom, my mother says nothing. If we went at it, she'd cry and wring her hands and beg us to stop. But I have no idea whose side she'd be on. That's not too true. I know exactly whose side she'd be on. She proved that four years ago when she let me get behind the wheel. She proved it last May when she married this guy. I think of the e my emails with Juliet. How she made me feel like my life was worthwhile. Like I had something to offer. I think of my conversations with Frank and Mrs Hillard now. How, for a few minutes, they made me feel like more than just a loser with a record. But the reality is here. Right here. How two people should have my back stand here. Who should have my back stand here, driving me right into the ground. My chest is so tight. I don't think I'll be able to breathe much longer. Give me your keys, Alan says. I didn't do anything wrong. I say again. You take every chance you get to do something wrong, he roars. You don't think about anyone but yourself. And when someone does think something you don't like, you do everything you can to destroy it. Why the hell do you think we wouldn't tell you? Everything inside me turns to ice. Mum pushes past me. She puts a hand on his arm. Stop, Alan. Please, stop. But her voice isn't strong. It's weak, full of tears. She's not looking at me. Maybe the tears do the trick, or the... the Alan swears and turns away, storming into the kitchen. My body has gone numb. I'm frozen in place. I don't think I can move. She turns around to look at me. I'm taller than she is, but standing two steps above her, she looks tiny. Microscopic. I would give anything for her to choose that dis close that distance. For her to talk to me. I want to fling my car keys and my phone to her f at her feet. Take everything, I want to say. I don't need any of it. I need you. But I don't get the chance. She turns around and follows Alan into the kitchen.
My legs don't want to hold me anymore. I'm sorry, I yell, and my voice breaks. I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry I didn't drive him. I'm sorry I let Carrie go. I'm sorry. She doesn't respond. She doesn't come back. They leave me there on the steps, alone.